Charbel Reich from uh, Sydney, Australia. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. Uh, from Perusia Ministries. In, that's right. uh, and that, is that that's the Perusia? Perusia, uh, yeah, it was, we're known as Perusia Media for a long time, but then yeah. we dropped the word media because we do so much more than media. So uh-huh. it's Perusia now, just Perusia. Uh huh. And uh, just tell me real quick what you do there in Australia with Perusia. Yeah, we, we focus on evangelization and faith formation. So we mm-hmm. do that, you know, by talks, events, Bible studies, uh, online courses. And we've launched an academy very recently. So excited about that. That's fantastic. Yes. That is great. And, um, uh, how'd you end up in Sydney? How'd you end up in Sydney, Australia? I was born and raised there. But uh, yeah, my mother it comes from Lebanon in the Middle East and my father comes from Colombia, South America. They married in Lebanon as teenagers and moved to Sydney in the 70s. And uh, yeah, I'm one of six boys. Two were born in Colombia and four in Sydney. So I'm a Sydney uh, boy through and through. Uh, and how long has Perusia been how, uh, been going? Like you started at 17 when? years now. Yeah, 17 so years. May of 2005, we registered Perusia Media, and uh, and to, uh, yeah, it's been seventeen years. Um, and so now you have this book out, my conversion testimony: how Islam led me back to Christ. You have it That's in right. DVD format. You have it in MP3 format. You yes. have it in CD format. So you really want people to know how how uh, Islam led you back to Christ. I'm sorry, that's a very odd uh, title. <laughs> what what is that about, Charvel? Well. Yeah, because I mean, uh, I said the key word there is back. Back yeah, is the right, key, right? So I'm not born. I wasn't born in a Muslim family. A lot of people might think that, but I was born and raised in a Maronite Catholic family. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we did pray the Rosary growing up. Uh, we did go to Mass uh, on, you know, occasionally uh, Easter and Easter and Christmas every year. But it wasn't until really um, high school when I, I fell away after my Holy Communion, my first Holy Communion. That was like my last. Communion. My first confession was my last confession for the rest of school. Um, I didn't go to church. I didn't. I didn't yeah. really pray. I didn't do any of that. But it was high school. I, I came across a lot of Islamic friends, and they started to challenge me. They thought I was a Muslim by my appearance, understandably. But uh, no, I wasn't a Muslim. So I used to wear a crucifix, and they'll start asking questions like, "Why do you wear that on your neck?" I said, oh, "It's my faith." Oh, that's Jesus on the cross. I said, "Yeah." Well, he didn't die. I said, "Yes, he did." And then. They'll say, prove it. And I, I, I don't know how to prove that. And then they'll say, oh, who's Jesus? I said, he's God. Oh, really? So God died? Uh, yes. And then they'll be like, that's so silly because if God dies, that's the end of the world. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. I didn't think of that. And it was, we're just teenagers. And, uh, you know, it, it just went on, uh, you know, Jesus, uh, how could God have a son? How do you, why do you believe in three gods in the Trinity? And, it, and throughout high school, I was bombarded with these questions, and I had no idea how to respond. No idea. And, and these were kids your age. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so they knew their Muslim faith, but they also knew the tricks about how to share it with a Christian. Absolutely, absolutely. And where were they getting to. that? Do you know? Was- I, I think from their uh, from their leaders. So uh, the Muslim imams or older older influences, uh, people who've been around taking their faith seriously, would have definitely influenced and taught them that. But what I discovered afterwards was they are the same. There's about probably 10, 10 topics that they're very well versed in. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and they'll know them through and through and they'll use those uh, very cleverly and strategically. It's funny because it, it reminds me of like what will happen uh, in the United States to a Catholic kid at high school when maybe the Campus Crusade for Christ person gets a hold of them, that there's these certain topics and it's like a button you push with the Catholic kid. And the Catholic kid, if they know the answer, okay. But if they don't know the answer, well, then maybe I'm not really a Christian. Maybe you're 
a Christian and I, I need to become a Christian. So in your case, maybe I don't really know God or I, I, maybe this Christianity thing doesn't make sense. That's right. It's totally true. I, I mean, one thing that really made me sit up was one one comment was, oh, you're a Catholic. You believe in the Eucharist. I said, yes. Uh, and you actually believe that uh, that is God. I said, yes. So when you eat God, you know what happens What with food once you, you, you dispose of it. Yeah. So you are going to the toilet and your God has gone to the toilet. And I, I, I couldn't, I didn't know how to respond. I said, oh my goodness. Yeah. So they're just one by one. I was just ah. bombarded and it was like, man, uh, Christianity is, it's crazy. And I really thought it was crazy, and uh, I, I, it really shook my foundations until my final year of high school, and then I went to the mosque, and my life changed. <laughs> okay, so how, how does that happen that you end up going to the mosque? What what what? Somebody just says, "Will you yeah. come?" And... So I, it was it was funny. Uh, the thing about my high school was it was not it was not um, it was very popular for the wrong reasons. So it was on the wrong side of the law. A lot of boys are in and out of jail, a bit of drug trafficking, a bit of. Uh, yeah, lots of womanizing and all that. It was not a good place. Uh, it was branded as the worst school of, of our state. Um, and, you know, principal's office was lit, lit on fire and, and uh, teacher's hair lit on fire and fights every day. <laughs> um, and, you know, I could say this now, and there's a few other cases I won't say too public, but, you know, the Bali Nine, um, there was guys who smuggled drugs into Bali. The ringleader was, was a, a, a student at our school in my brother's year. Really, um, and uh, the, this was the environment I was in, and so I, they weren't religious at the time, but they knew these few things. Until high, until sort of year twelve, the final grade, they started to go to mosque on Friday, and they'll get released from class. It's a public school, and they go to mosque every Friday. And I was invited to come, and one day they had a a Muslim imam come from from Jordan, and he spoke to the school at a public school uh, about Islam. And then I was invited to the mosque that day and I went just to talk to him. And then I, I got a chance to speak in this room um, uh, there, up the upper room, up in the back of this mosque. It was, it's like the Grand Mosque of Australia in Lakemba. Uh, it's like the major cathedral, if you like, for Muslims. And he asked me questions. So how do Christians pray? And I started to recite the Our Father. And then he stopped me and he said, who are you calling Father? I said, God. He goes, don't you have an earthly father? I said, yes. Why are you putting on God human attributes? That's an insult. You shouldn't be insulting God like that. And I was like, well, yeah, okay, fair enough. And then he said, who taught you that prayer? I said, Jesus, here we go again. Who's Jesus? God. Isn't he the son of God? I said, yeah, no, he's both. So he's God and he's the son of God at the same time. So is God talking to himself in the Our Father? Um, no, 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 he's talking. No, the son's talking to the Father. And I couldn't really grasp it. Then he said... Um, so don't you believe in the Holy Spirit too? I said, yeah. And is that God? I said, yep. So you believe in three gods? I said, no, it's one. Explain it to me. I didn't know how to explain it. No. But, uh, <laughs> and then uh, he said, uh, close your eyes. And he said a lot of other things, but I don't have time for all the arguments. But for one, uh, a major one is um, the crucifixion. Um, did Jesus die on the cross? No. According to Islam, it was Judas that replaced Jesus. That's yes. one, one common thing. Right. Which is not found in the Quran. But it's just, it's just. But that's just a belief that's yeah. kind of been, okay. Um, anyway, I so I said, okay, so Jesus didn't die. I couldn't prove it. There's no proof of the resurrection. Christianity is just so crazy. I was invited to say the Shahada prayer, and I did. I closed my eyes. I said in Arabic, uh, "There is only one God, and His Prophet Muhammad." Three times, um, and then I opened my eyes, and he said, "Ah, welcome, brother." 
And I said, oh, welcome to, I'm a Muslim. He goes, have a shower. He gave me a white gown. And I, I did. I went to the, had a shower and I said, maybe this is meant to be. And I said, I'm not, I was nervous because I was just about to leave my faith, which I wasn't following, but I knew I was Catholic, but I wasn't following it. But I, but I knew my, my family would, would not understand and I was just thinking of all these things. But I still went ahead, had a shower. But I had this urge to pray in the shower. And, and that's where it was interesting. I didn't know any other prayer other than the Our Father and the Hail Mary because when I was little we prayed the Hail Marys. So I started to recite one Hail Mary during the shower. And I, by the 10th Hail Mary, I put this white gown on. But just as I was putting it on, I say, Amen. I hear a voice. Not yet. Not yet. I don't know if that, you know, I was addressing Mary. Was that Our Lady telling me? Not yet. <laughs> and I put my normal clothes back on, went out to the main area there, and, and he said, what's wrong? I said, look, I don't know my faith. If God wants me to be a Muslim, he'll show me. I said, fair enough. I said, please pray for me. But I, And then I had this urge to ask him one question, the only question I finally had. Um, uh, in Arabic, you'll say sheikh, sheikh. That means leader. Um, so I asked him, sheikh, um, can I ask you a question? And he said, yes. In Islam, a man can marry four wives. He says, yes. How is that How is that possible? He says, ah, good question. Not every man can marry four wives, only those who can treat them equally, which means not every man gets the honor. I said, so how do you treat them equally? And this is the example he gave me. If you give one a car, you give all four a car. If you give one a house, you give all four a house. That was the example. I said, okay, but still I don't understand how you can love them equally. That's just... I mean, I didn't, I didn't think that was a satisfactory answer. He said, doesn't your mother love her children equally? I'm only 18 at the time, no theology background, but I knew that love between husband and wife is different than love between parents and children. Yeah. And his answer was, was very simple. Love is love. Wow. Haven't we heard that we before? We hear that every <laughs> now and then, don't we? <laughs> It was funny because it was at the time the slogan wasn't that popular back then, but now we're hearing love is love everywhere and we're using that love is love for anything. And it's like in this case he's saying love is love justifying polygamy. I thought that's not right. No, no. And you thought that at the time? I knew that at the time. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, just knew. That's a different thing. You can't love children the same way you love your spouse. It's a different love. Okay, so now I want to ask you something before we go on though because yeah. – um, would a Christian teacher have been invited into a public school to speak the way that the imam was invited into the public school to yeah, speak? Not on that scale. So, so the majority of the student body were Muslim. Um, so uh, that's probably why. But they were, did have uh, scripture classes where Christians did come um, and they dedicated, I think it was only a new thing, they started to dedicate two lessons a week where anyone can go to a faith class of their choice and you can go to the Christians, the Hindus, the the Muslims. Oh, I see. And then and then the atheists would go to a ethics class. Yeah, and that, that was it. So you became a Muslim, but you didn't become a Muslim. That's well, right. Tell, explain <laughs> that to me. Like, where are we now? You're. Yeah. It's like. So I did the Shahada prayer. It's like being baptized. Yeah. But then I didn't go ahead and and continue to learn my faith. Or so yeah. I I it was enough to become Muslim. So according to them. But I didn't change, I didn't practice or anything. So, but that day I went home late from school and my mother said, uh, where were you? I just said, at the local mosque. And she goes, what? <laughs> you can imagine. And, and she gave me a huge slap across the face. Did she really? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I still, I, I might even have marks. <laughs> she <laughs> hit you that hard. <laughs> it was a hard slap. Wow. I, was, I needed it. I needed that slap. I needed that 
you know, that wake-up call. She said, go now to the church, ask Jesus if he wants you to be a Muslim or Christian. Now, Jesus is in the Quran, isn't he? I said, yep. Well, if Jesus is a prophet, he's going to tell you the truth. I said, yep. I said, she knew what she was doing. What a and good I went mom. To, I went to the church, St. Michael's in Belfield, and I had a, a, a privilege of, that's where I recorded my testimony there. But I went to this church, it was open, and I, I noticed the red light. Apparently the red light means Jesus is present. Yeah. Okay, Jesus, if you're really here, show me. And then I said, do you want me to be a Muslim or a Christian? And dead silence for about 30 minutes. Uh, now that's a miracle because I never sat still for a minute in my life. So, let alone 30. <laughs> so I mean, in class, we were so disrespectful to teachers. It was crazy. But anyway, um, 30 minutes. And then an elderly woman came in, lit a candle, and I thought, oh, what a holy woman. She's going to heaven. And instantly a flashback to one of my discussions with my Muslim friends. Only Muslims go to heaven. So it's interesting. In Islam, this is what's understood. You die, you meet your judge. And your judge's going to ask you three questions. Very simple stuff. First one is who's God? And the answer is Allah. You can't say in English God. You can't say Spanish uh, Dios. You can't say the Hebrew Elohim. You can't say any of those other words. It's just Allah. And Allah isn't the Islamic God, by the way. It's just the word God in Arabic. Yeah, but you've got to say it in Arabic. But you've got to say it in Arabic. <clears throat> yeah. Two is uh, what's, uh, who's his prophet? And, and obviously it's not John the Baptist or Moses. It's got to be Muhammad. And then three is um, what's a true religion? And, of course, you have to say Islam, not Judaism, not Buddhism, not Catholicism. If you get one of those wrong, you go to the hellfire. If you get all three wrong, you get to go to heaven. Isn't that interesting? But you've got to get three, three out of three. It's very simple, but this woman is clearly not going to get at least two of them. <laughs> uh, she's going to get at least She's going to get him wrong. She's going to hell. That can't be right. I knew enough to think, no, that's not just. And I looked back at the box, the tabernacle. I didn't know it was a tabernacle. I knew of the name, but I forgot the name. But, yeah, the box. In, in Every Catholic church has a box somewhere. Um, I looked at the box and just a shadow started to appear on it. And <clears throat> Call me crazy. A lot of people have. I looked away, looked back, and it, it didn't go away. It was just an outline of a face, a man's face with a, with a beard. And I was just staring at it. It's not going away. And then I, an inner voice, Shabelle, are you going to give up all that I've done for you? And right away I thought, is that Jesus? <laughs> that, that must have been Jesus. He's speaking to me. Looked, and I later discovered that that image was the image of the Shroud of Turin. Um, and I put that on the – I made sure I put it on the cover right, of the book. Right, there it is right so there. The Shroud yeah. of Turin. The mosque. The mosque. Shroud of Turin. Church. No, that's right. And that's the order. And and thanks be to God, I'm discovering more and more things about the shroud. It's oh, it's amazing. Um, uh, Father Robert Spitzer does amazing work on that in that okay. space. Yeah. But I had to answer that question. Jesus asked me a direct question, and I said, "No, Lord." I called Jesus Lord for the first time in my life. I'm not going to give you up. I'm a Catholic. I'm going to remain a Catholic, and now I need to know why. And this huge weight came off my shoulders. All right. I'm not going to join Islam. <clears throat> I went to school the next day and my friend Ali, a Pakistani Muslim, said, hey, brother, how's it feel to be a Muslim? Uh, I said, look, before you go, uh, continue. I'm not, I'm not a Muslim. I'm, if God wants me to be one, he'll show me. I don't know my faith. It's not fair that I leave something I don't know. He goes, oh, fair enough. I said, but if God's asking you to be a Christian, will you answer that call? He goes, no, never. I'll never do that. Okay. And then we sort of stopped. We dropped the topic 
and uh, finished high school and you wouldn't believe it, Sai, out of all the churches in Australia, the very church I was in had apologetics classes on a Friday <laughs> night called Lumen Verum Apologetics. And so I started going to church. I went to confession for the first time. The priest who knew of my family nearly fell off his seat. He didn't know what he was shocked. And he still rubs it in sometimes. He goes, you're crazy. You're an absolute crazy. Anyway, <laughs> uh, he's retired now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I went to Mass and... For about a year, I remember I needed to go to Mass, I needed to go to confession, I needed to pray, but can I be honest, I wasn't enjoying it. Yeah, okay. It wasn't fun. Yeah. It wasn't enjoyable, but I knew I had to do it. But I did want to search for the answers of Christianity. I needed to prove the Muslims wrong. So I started asking questions at the Lumen Verum classes, the apologetics classes. How do we know God is real? How do we know God is Trinity? How do we prove that God could be man? When D Jesus died, was he actually, like, dead? <laughs> does God die? And when God dies, is that the end of the universe? And all these things, is, uh, how do you prove the resurrection? And thanks. And you find out there are I answers got, to all There are answers to all of Because there were apologists who could show that to yes. you. That these can be answered, yes. Charbel. The power of apologetics are, yeah. and, and people who know how to, how to share their faith and respond to questions. And that was my yeah. foundation. Robert Haddad, I've got to do a shout out to him. He's one of Australia's, uh, you know, he's premier He's a great one, isn't he? Is yeah, he, he's definitely. He's really something. Definitely. David Obeid is another one. And he one. was there? He, he was at that class. So it was Robert Haddad, David Obeid, Arlette Bowen, these three names. I, I'm still in debt to today. Those guys who organized these That's pretty these good talks. help. Yeah. Come in, yeah. That's really, God really put you in the right place, didn't he? Out of all the, those are all the churches in the country, I think this was the only one doing this. Yeah. Weekly apologetics classes and- and that's, I feel in love. I started to, I have to share this because it really transformed me. With conversion, you don't have one-off conversions. You have these ongoing conversions and it just, it's like turning another corner and another corner and your faith goes deeper and deeper. Right. So this next one was, I had to get over the hurdle of of wanting, like not wanting to go to church. I, yeah, yeah. I, my, I asked my mother, okay, I get it. I'm a Catholic. I, I, I'm very, I'm at peace with my decision. And I, I'm starting to understand the intellectual stuff of, of the faith, and I get that it's it all starting to make sense, but I don't enjoy prayer. And she, my mum said, why don't you ask Jesus to help you enjoy prayer? Okay, very simple stuff. All right, Jesus, <laughs> can you help me enjoy prayer? I, 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 I almost, I may not have even been sincere. I could have just said, all right, Jesus, not even thinking he'll answer that. Yeah, right. Within, I'm not joking, within three weeks, I found myself in church every day. It was Lent, and I made a promise to go to church every day, just for a minute, on my way to work. And I'll pop in, say, hey, Jesus. I heard a story that St. John Vianney shared where one of his parishioners would do the same. They'd go into church, hey, Jesus, and go, and then come back, hey, Jesus, and go home. <laughs> and yeah. I thought, okay, I'll do that. And I stumbled into one of the, the weekday masses, and then I, you know, I didn't want to – I used to try to sneak out before mass started. And then I got caught and, uh, okay, I'll sit for Mass. And then I remember hearing the reading. It was a Beatitudes. And Jesus says, um, what is it? Uh, turn your other cheek. If someone hits you on one side, turn your other cheek. That's very different to what Islam teaches. Uh, love your enemies. Whoa. What, if, if, if someone if, takes a mile, uh, you know, go with him two miles of, with you. If someone takes your coat, give him your shirt as well. Whoa, what's going on here? Th this is radical stuff that what Jesus is doing and talking about is loving those who don't love you. How do you do that? And and I just wanted to read it. So I read um, chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7, 
and I, I got to do this again. I read the whole New Testament, and I, I every day one minute became two minutes, became three minutes. By the end of Lent, I was at daily mass, praying the Rosary every day. In fact, three times a day. Uh, Divine Mercy Chaplet, Stations of the Cross. Over a six or seven week period, I fell in love with prayer. Now, if that's grace, like that's that is grace. That's, yes, that's God all the way. And and I remember laughing to myself, thinking, I, only a couple of months earlier, I hated this. Yeah. I didn't like it, and I was. And after Easter, I remember when I think I went to four Easter masses on that. I was just on. I went morning to uh, two in the morning, an afternoon, and evening, and I just, I was just. I was just hungry. I just wanted to keep going, and uh, it was it, interesting. Was my friends noticed the change, and they said, "Hey, you never used to be religious. You never used to do this." Um, I know. And my Muslim friend said, "You know what? You've got us to thank." So, what do you mean? He goes, "Well, if we never challenged you, you never would have be turned to your faith." You know what? That's true. Yeah. So every day I thank God for my Muslim friends because yeah. if it wasn't for them, I would not have searched, I would not have asked, I would not have looked for those answers. I would have just been a lukewarm Catholic going to Mass at Easter and Christmas just because that's what you do and I wouldn't have had any relationship with God and I thank God for them. So it was a real lesson for me and I feel we actually sat down as a bit of, I don't know how much time we've got but there's a, a fun little story oh, yeah. of us having a, a one-on-one. Okay. I took the Bible. Now I had about, it's about two years now since my Reversion, and I've studied um, a bit of uh, the- a bit of theology. Scott Hahn, I-, I got introduced to Scott Hahn from Father Chris, um, a-, a retired priest who gave me the first Scott Hahn's cassette from Saint Joseph Communications at the time. It was um, uh, what was it called? It wasn't his testimony. It was uh, calling um, Bible Christian Catholics to become Bible Christians <coughs> and vice Excuse versa. Me. Okay, so interesting. I-, I loved it, and I. Um, I listened to it, and then I listened to What is the Covenant, which talked about the Trinity. I loved it. Then his testimony. And then I stumbled across Tim Staples' stuff. He's pretty good. It was not bad. (laughs) (laughs) He had a set called Islam Exposed um, back then. Oh, he Uh, did? And and he he, he quoted Quran, and I needed it. And I actually did a full day. I got a bunch of friends, and we almost did like a one-day study session, and we listened to that and wrote notes, and it was just awesome. So I would do this. Every day on the way to work, listen to a talk. On the way back, another talk. And then I would go to the Friday night live talks at Lumen Verum Apologetics. And then I got an inspiration from a friend that we should together start uh, another another type of service a formation night at another parish. So we did. It was called Guardians. And uh, uh, we had about 40 people come to the first talk. We, we invited a priest to speak about the four last things. And that's been going so ever since. That's now 20 years um, 21 years, and I met my wife there, these things. It was a faith formation night. But, yeah, you, you can't, once you fall in love, you can't keep it to yourself. No. It's just you want to share this. And my friend <clears throat> out of the blue called me. I, I remember saying to prayer, Lord, you send whoever you want. Uh, I, I was not the person to go door knocking or or right. speaking on a, a soapbox out there in the streets, um, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I couldn't do that. But I could sit down with someone willing to listen. And then that day, so my friend called me, my Muslim friend, who said, I've been reading the Bible. Really? He go, but I, I got excited at the start. And then he said, Jesus doesn't claim to be God. I said, really? <laughs> uh, and then, and then <laughs> well, he says, let's sit down. So we yeah. sat down at a, at a cafe. He brought his Quran. I brought my Bible. 
and we opened to page one. And this, this was a great conversation because in the start of the Quran, it, it, it invokes Allah, the most merciful one, the all-powerful one. And then, of course, to, uh, to the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. And, and you've got you've to say that every time. And then it goes on to uh, a range of statements and, and calls. It's not chronological. Um, when you read the Bible, it says very quickly, in the beginning. In the beginning yeah. Oh, was the uh, sorry in the beginning God <laughs> created the heavens and the earth, and the spirit of God hovered over the waters, and the and then God said, "Let there be light." And it's like it's a story. It's a beautiful story. But I asked my friend, "What was God doing before He created?" It's an interesting question, and he said, "You can't ask that." So what do you mean? No, you, you, we're forbidden to ask that question. We can only ask questions within the parameters of the Quran. That's a that's not a question you you can go to. Well, I'm asking. <laughs> says, well, I don't know. Uh, come on, think about it. If Allah is eternal, what was he doing before he created us? Uh, I don't know. I said, well, uh, if one of the 99 names of Allah is love. Who was he loving? <laughs> who was he loving? He says, himself. I said, well, love is not loving yourself because that's, the, that's in fact not love at all. Love is always about loving another person. He says, okay. Well, who was the other person? There was no other person. I said, well, in the think about this. An eternal person who is love, always loving, had to love another eternal person. That other eternal person doesn't just receive the love and say thank you very much. That other second eternal person will return that love. And so we have now a third eternal person. See, So we, we call that in Christianity the, the Trinity, the Father. From all eternity loved the Son, from all eternity received that love and then returns that love back and that love is the Holy Spirit. It's, and, and he actually stopped me and he said, what you're saying is making sense, but I'm forbidden to go there and I will lose my religion. I said, what? I'm not, here to, I'm not here to convert you. I actually just want to share with you what I've discovered. Right. That's all I was doing. I just want, he invited me to this meeting, not me. Yeah. And I just wanted to share. He wanted to prove to me that Jesus is not God. Yeah. So we're going to get there in a sec, but, but I have to start here. I said, if God is love, why did he create us? Because in Islam... Allah is the, um, you know, he's the master and we're slaves. Did God need slaves to do, to do what? And he said, to serve him. I understand that, but in what way? How do you serve God? Did he need us to do chores for him? Yeah, right. Did he need us to, was he bored and yeah. he just created us for fun? Why did he create us? And he says to worship him and serve him. I, I know that. That's great. For what purpose? <laughs> and and the only answer is love, and all we have to do is respond to God's love. And the, but he 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 sort of understood, but I, I wasn't finished. I had to say I'll just share two or three more. It's in chapter five or six in the book five, I think. <laughs> I should know that. But um, I said he used to tease me in high school that Jesus didn't die on the cross, and he said that's right, he didn't die on the cross. I said but in the Quran, Surah four one five seven. It talks about what looks like Jesus being on the cross, but it wasn't so. It's just randomly put there, and there's no sort of context. And I said, why is that in the Quran? And he says, ah, to prove that Jesus wasn't on the cross. But it says it was made to appear so. Why was the man on the cross looking like Jesus? Could it have been they saw Jesus? I said, no, it was Judas. Sorry. 
so was Jesus on the cross? He goes, yes, okay, but he didn't die. No, God replaced Jesus with Judas. And then what happened to Jesus? Oh, he went to heaven. Okay, did he die? No. So Jesus has gone to heaven alive, according to Islam, and, and Judas is on the cross, which is interesting as Judas, out of all people. Um, I said, okay, what did Jesus do wrong to be on the cross to begin with? And he's, he couldn't answer it. And I said, seriously, was he on the cross? He goes, yes, but he didn't die on the cross. So why was he on the cross? What did he do wrong? And you know where we got, we know the answer. Like Jews know the answer. He blasphemed. Yeah. He made himself equal to God. So that's just, that's his crime. And then he said, well, <clears throat> no, there's no evidence of that. I said, Mark's gospel. Mm, yeah, uh, lots. <laughs> I, uh, well, the gospels are being fabricated and all that. Oh, I see. Yeah, so we, they'll... And they're mixing history there. There's a lot to go in there, burning okay. Bibles and all that, which is a completely different historical event. But, um, yeah, I, I just said, well, if I can get an answer why Jesus was on the cross to begin with, then we can move forward. But if we can't, we're stuck. Yeah. Jesus, Historically speaking, we can prove. I'm not even going to use the Bible to prove it. We're going to use Roman text, historical. Historians know a man from Nazareth who, who was named Jesus was on a cross. Now let's not let's not let's do what the Jews did and acknowledge he's on the cross and you don't have to believe that he's God but we have to, we have a historical event of a man dying and being crucified why is he there but the question is why yeah and then <laughs> so and then I said you see in the in the bible it says over and over and over again Jesus made himself equal to God and he didn't say it the way you want him to say it and this is the trick um, there's a famous uh, Sheikh Ahmed Didad, that he's passed away now. He put out a challenge to anyone in the world. If you can prove that Jesus said, I'm the son of God, worship me in the Bible, I'll give you $1,000. Well, guess what? He's right. There's no nowhere in the Bible where it says, word for word, I am the son of God, worship me. Right. And there's the trap. <clears throat> Why are you putting on God now the rules of how he wants to reveal himself, said, if God wants to show us the truth, he'll do it on his terms, and he did. When when Jesus says, before Abraham was, I am, I am, keyword, I am, the name, the forbidden name of God that you couldn't pronounce, the Jews knew what he just did. Yeah. And and he did it, he didn't just do it in a way that was, uh, you know, random, he, he did it deliberately. And, and he showed us that he was God. And he, through his miracles and through all these prophecies, he fulfilled 456 prophecies from the Old Testament. I mean, no one in history has done that. Jesus made himself equal to God the Father. He talked about the Trinity word for word in the end of Matthew's Gospel, mm -hmm. baptizing the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. If that's not God, then who is that? And mm -hmm. then, then he also revealed the Trinity at his baptism when God, right. the voice of heaven, says, this is my beloved son. And then the dove was above his head and Jesus. So there's so many stories that Jesus has proved to be God. Um, and, he, and he didn't just say it, he showed us. And it was amazing. And, and he, he, he understood. And I just had one, I had said, you, you said God can't have a son. But in Islam, Mary is a virgin. He goes, yes. How is she a virgin? God made who, who's how'd she get pregnant? God made her pregnant. Okay, so who's the father? <laughs> and then he said, "No, there's no father." I said, 
okay, well, there's a mother, there's a father. Ultimately, and I know these days, you know, we can argue that. Ultimately, no matter how we get here, every human being has a mother and a father. Ultimately. We can't get away from it. Even even in test tube babies, everyone has a father and a mother. So who's the father of Jesus? And he says he has no father. I said he's got a father. All right, how did she get pregnant again? And he said in Arabic, Ruhat Allah, which means the Spirit of God. Ooh, that's the Holy Spirit. He goes, that's not the Holy Spirit. I said, that's the Holy Spirit. He said, it's not the Holy Spirit. I said, look, the Spirit of God, yes, I agree with you. We're on the same page here. Christians believe the same. Mary was pregnant and the Spirit of God went into Mary and now, bam, she's pregnant. So that if that's God, God's Spirit, then that baby has a divine spirit, some divine life in it. And guess what? The Father is going to be God. God the Father. And then now he's got a son, God the Son. And guess who Mary is now? Now that she's been pregnant, she's... She's the mother of God. And she's the spouse of God, the Holy Spirit. <sighs> so now Mary fulfills all three. She's the spouse of the Holy Spirit, daughter of God the Father, and mother of God the Son. And then it just helps you understand it all. Wow, the Trinity. And Mary is a model for us to turn to. So I just started falling in love with Mary. I mean, her role in the whole thing just blows your mind. And then, yeah, we, we went into other things, but in the end, we agree. He said, look, I don't know my faith. I need to go... Uh, discover it exactly what I said in high school. Right. So now the, the tables have turned, where I learned just a few basic things, and I was able to ask the right questions and stand on my own feet and respond with confidence. And then he was able to then think. He had to. He, he had to think. And I encourage a lot of Christians today: don't, don't just sit there and take. You're not forced to ask, answer questions, without understanding where those questions are coming from. So sometimes a good response to a question is a question. Yeah. And because you want to get to the bottom of where that is coming from and what's your purpose. Because a lot of people, when we ask, we have a motive behind it. So I want to ask a question. I need to know, am I right or wrong? You know, you know yeah. they, want, they want affirmation. They want, they want to do – it's interesting. When you get to the intention of behind it, then that helps. So ask questions when you're being asked a question. <laughs> so when you wrote the book, um, did you – write it because you wanted to give people a model for talking with uh, Muslims? Or did you write it just to share with your fellow Christians how God had called you? Yeah, a little bit of both. Okay. Uh, there, so there was a chapter dedicated to my that that discussion or debate with my Muslim friend. I, I did that specifically to show people how to ask the questions and, and, and bring up the most common things that Muslims will bring up. Um, so that's important. Um, and then I also wanted to do a more of a it's who am I I mean who's Shabal Raish according to people my testimony doesn't mean much to many people but if I could show how God used me in the family context I was in I was far away from God and could still f find a way home I was in the worst environment you can think of as far as good role models in 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 school uh my 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 family background I, I haven't even got into that in this talk that's it's in the book but my dad's one of 30 uh, half-brothers and sisters and, um, yeah, how that happened. There's a whole story there. But I want – and I wasn't meant to be here. My mum was really encouraged to um, give up on the pregnancy when she was heavily uh, bleeding and uh, her family was encouraging her not to go ahead with the pregnancy. And she turned to St. Charbel and said, if you save this child, 
if you can pray for this child, I'll name him after you. And and thanks be to God, I was. And yeah. and so my mum was pro-life. <laughs> she and yeah. she took on on that challenge. She she turned to Saint Chabelle and 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 here I am. And, and she was for, she wasn't forced, but pressured to sort of say, look, I, her own mother, my grandmother, and and others don't go ahead with the pregnancy. Don't yeah. have this baby. Yeah. Don't don't. Why waste your time? It, it's not going to be. It, it's not. There's no chance. And, and God didn't give up on me. And so I'm born. I wanted to show that God's there everywhere we go. And even if we're not turning to him, he's still waiting for us. And we just have to turn to him. And, and I wanted to show that background. So the first couple of chapters just shows like yeah, how, how, how it's a common thing in, in Catholic families where we just, we're lukewarm, we go yep. through the motions. Right. And how many families out there today have, you know, the majority of the family not going to church. Yeah. Catholic family. So people and who might be just fans, some answers will just a few. Yeah. Just put I, purpose I, in it. I, one thing I, I really like uh, about the the way you talk about your story. And so I want to end there with, with this, yeah. if I may. And and uh especially in an apostle like Catholic Answers, where we we do spend a lot of time answering questions, but sometimes there the questions have a edge of anxiety to them. People want to know what a, about a mortal sin, and oh, I, I have this mortal sin, or is this a mortal? And and uh, and I emphasize that because it strikes me that your story uh, reveals the Christian life as not essentially preoccupied with all of that, but as essentially a conversation with Jesus. That you're mm. you're. Christian life begins really when you're saying Hail Marys as you're about to become a Muslim. And then this Mary brings you into this conversation with your and your mother, yes. your your earthly mother. Yes. So your heavenly mother and your early mother both <laughs> say, Go talk to Jesus, basically. Yes. But th this is what strikes me is that it seems to me that this is the Christian life and that we we just don't present it to people all the time. That Christian life is a wonderful conversation with Jesus, and He loves the conversation. Amen. And if if it wasn't for that approach, it's that simple question: Jesus, if you are really here, show me. Yeah. And 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 I think I, if I can invite people to do that today, if you're if you're doubting that God is real, if you're doubting that um, if if Jesus uh, loves you, or if you're doubting in any way, just a simple question: turn to God and just say. Is this true, or do you really, are you there? And show me. And and God is just wanting us to just do that. Respond to Him. It's on our, it's on us to at least do that bit. If we yeah, do our yeah. bit, God will do the rest. But we just got to do that little bit. Just say yes. Or just invite God in. And wow, it's a life changing thing. Yeah, and it really is a life changing yeah. thing. Everybody that we we you know like I'm sure this you you run into this with Perusia that uh, you know. A, a book hits a person the right way or a yes. talk somebody gave hits a person the right That's way right. and they go, everything's different now because right. I'm in this life with Jesus. I'm sharing this life with Jesus. That's right. And that's why uh, when I started Perusia, it was out of a desire to just keep sharing this. I, I couldn't I couldn't contain myself. I, I discovered a treasure, a real treasure. It's a bit right. like what right. Jesus says, don't go bury it in the field. You've got to go share it. Yeah. And, and, and it, it comes naturally. And I feel we have no hope in helping people if we don't at least help ourselves first, if we're not ready, if we're not transformed internally and have a relationship with God, very hard to go and think you can convert someone, which we don't anyway. It's always God. But I, I think uh, when I I just couldn't help myself, I had to tell people about my faith, and 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 they knew that I wasn't forcing them, I wasn't judging them. I just no, wanted were, to invite them, yeah. come come to church or come to this talk or do that, read this, listen to this, 
and and I do. Well, I know you're uh, also going to talk with Matt Frad while you're on this trip here in the U.S. So yeah, now that you've done that. this interview with me, you might give him some tips. I give will him, give I him might. a few tips about how it's supposed yeah, to. Yeah, how it's actually right. done. Yeah. I will right, absolutely. I <laughs> love your work. I love Catholic Answers and and the website Catholic.com. Very simple thing for people can do is anytime you can't answer a question, just say go to Catholic.com. And I think that that's is the best thing. Yeah. That's yeah. a great go. Well, you, you know, we couldn't be more uh, happy to be uh, in partnership with Perusia. Oh, we love it. No, yeah. Thank you. It's... Thank you, Charbel. Thank Thanks you very, very much. much.